Episode 77 of the Small Business Startup Essentials Podcast. Master your mindset with entrepreneurial coach Keith Allen Johns. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Business Startup Essentials Podcast, where we'll dive into just the important topics of making that transition into becoming an entrepreneur. And for some, it's that later in life decision that really takes courage to start a new path. Listen into these episodes to either help you jumpstart your launch or just to get inspiration for your journey. And don't forget to tell a friend about the podcast because we continue to grow each week with more new listeners. And please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. So let's dive in. Well, today I'm very pleased to have with us Keith Allen John from Charlotte, North Carolina in the United States. Keith actually left his C-suite job and is a full-time entrepreneur coach. And Keith says this, I love helping people take control of their future by creating work lives their kids will be proud of. It's time to own your own life, to be free. If you want to be somebody who is following your purpose, feeling more in the flow of life, having more relaxation time, you can have it. And and I wanted to have Keith on the show today because he's an expert at helping people not only follow their dreams, but to achieve their dreams. So Keith, thanks for being with us today. Hey, Thomas, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So Keith, this show is all about helping people to work through the process of you know, having a dream and then pursuing the dream and reaching, fulfilling the dream, right? Of of becoming an entrepreneur, pretty much. So help us to to understand how you went through that process. Yeah, it's a funny story. Um, If you had talked to me three years ago and said, hey, are you an entrepreneur? Do you want to start your own business? I would have laughed at you. Uh, my family, you know, I didn't come from an entrepreneurial background. I had a very traditional path, which a lot of people do, you know, graduate from high school with good grades, get a good college degree, and then go work for somebody and climb the ladder and climb the ladder and, and do that until you retire and you're 65. And not only did I not really know I was capable of doing something different, no one had really introduced the idea to me. Like no one in, at any point in my life said, hey, this is what starting your own business is like. Have you ever considered it? And of course, if I had said, no, that's not me, ideally, that person would have said, listen, anybody can do it. Let's talk about that. That moment didn't happen for me until I was about 45 years old. I'm 48 now. And I happened to be on uh, my favorite social media platform, uh, LinkedIn, but I wasn't on it as often as I am now. So this was just, I was just flipping through and an article caught my eye and it was someone from the tech industry, like I was, who she touched on a couple of my pain points. You know, do you kind of feel stuck? Do you feel like life could have more for you? Do you want to own your time and schedule? And I thought, that sounds cool. And I thought, I want to talk to this person. She's a coach. And she says she left her corporate job. I'm going to have a conversation with her. 
And that was a formative moment for me. If I, if I hadn't reached out, her name's Lauren Woodrick. She was my first coach and said, what the hell are you talking about? And do I have any capability whatsoever to do what you did? And she gave me a resounding hell. Yes, you can. And everything changed from that point forward. It was just the concept that entrepreneurism is it's not behind a big wall. It's there for all of us. You just need someone to guide you. And that's what I found. Right. So initially you didn't see yourself as, you know, being an entrepreneur. Um, what, why was that? Was it like a mindset thing or was it, you know, quality yeah. qualities that you didn't think you had, you know, yeah. why didn't you see yourself as somebody that could be, you know, a business owner or an entrepreneur? I reflect on that question all the time. And I, I actually did a, I did a TEDx. I recorded a TEDx a couple of days ago and the little passing joke I made in that presentation was, you know, not only did I look at big successful entrepreneurs and think that could never be me, you know, Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs, like these icons, Mount Rushmore, like that's not me. I would look at the guy who owned a corner, a small corner cafe, a small corner restaurant, or, you know, even just a carry out and think they've got something I don't have. There's something going on with them that says they can, it was almost like they were an entirely different species of human to me. And so there was a lot of fear involved there. I think I bought into the idea that safety and security and a reliable life could only be gotten the corporate way. And I think I believed down deep that entrepreneurs were made, or I'm sorry, were born and not made. Because you hear these stories, oh, he had a lemonade stand at age five. And by age 13, he'd started a small business. He went to college, but he dropped out to start his company. Like mm -hmm. I hadn't done any of that. So it must not have been something I was born with. Therefore, I couldn't do it. That was the limited belief I held. But we see more and more uh, that, that, you know, there's no mold of, of qualities, right? There's no, you know, checklist yeah. of, of attributes that you have to have, right? And, and I don't like to, you know, use, you know, billionaires as, as reference, right? Yeah. Let, let, let's just try to keep it, you know, more in the realistic in the zone of who we're looking at that gives us, you know, the, the opportunity to think of ourselves as, as somebody that could do something similar to them as well. Right. Like, yeah. like uh, I'm not going to look at Elon Musk, you know, right. or Jeff Bezos, you know, but because they're the, they're, they're yes, successful, but they're more of the exception than, than the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but you know, yes, we're seeing more and more that, you know, you don't need to have as, as many degrees as a thermometer in order to, you know, be a successful entrepreneur, yeah. you know, you, you, college degrees are, are, are great, you know, and hey, my wife's got a PhD, okay, and, and she does great at her, at her job and in her field, but we see on the entrepreneur side that you don't necessarily have to have a degree, hey, you know, yeah. A lot of what they teach you, you can't apply anyway. You know, it's just it's like head knowledge, good good knowledge to have. Again, I'm not knocking degrees, 
but you can't apply a lot of what you learn uh, when you get the degree. Yeah. Um, so, so that's really not a deciding factor. I, I think I think risk is a major topic that entrepreneurs need to deal with when they when they go through that process of of transition to become an entrepreneur, right? Because totally. the whole job experience is about trying to play it safe, yeah, right. And and I I quit a job back in. 2001 and started my business full time. And, um, and, you know, it, it was a risk for sure, you know, but, um, you know, different people have different reasons for wanting to make a transition, you know, like, uh, maybe it's not about quitting a job, maybe it's just about, uh, you know, achieving a dream, right? Maybe right. somebody's either retired or almost retired. Mm. And it's really not about quitting a job. But um, uh, help us to understand more of, of the mindset uh, struggles mm. that that you had and that you've helped others work through as well. Yeah, you had a, a lot of interesting points there. I love that you brought up that there's no set checklist or requirements to become an entrepreneur. Um, in fact, as I followed that thread and, and the world started to open to me and I met more people like my first coach and saw what they were doing, it became clearer and clearer that not only is the barrier not as high as I thought it was, but also it can take so many different forms. Just because you've seen how other people make money or start a business doesn't mean you can't find a way that's unique to you and fits you. You don't have to be a different person. And that was a big limiting belief for me. What do I need to become? How do I need to change? What skills do I need to develop? Well, certainly I had developed some skills and I had to change, but I think the interesting, the, the paradox is I had to become more me. I had to find myself. I had to get aligned with the kind of impact I wanted to leave on this earth. I didn't have to be anybody other than me. And that was, that was a huge realization for me that once I figured out what my purpose was and I found people that needed what I was put on this earth to deliver, it became really natural to be able to take a product or a service to market um, and, and test it out. But I had to realize I didn't have to become somebody different. That was one. Uh, around risk without question. Uh, not only does everyone say, uh, I, I can't leave behind the safety of my corporate check. And I used to reply this way, and then I'll tell you how I processed risk. I used to say, that, that check's not safe. You could get fired. There could be layoffs. And I'm kind of tired of giving that answer. The answer I've started giving now is, is that perceived safety which by the way is a perception and not a reality. It's a percentage chance. There's an 80% chance you'll keep your job or 85 or 90, it's not a certainty. Is that perceived safety more powerful in your life than what taking the risk of entrepreneurship could produce? See, and for me, I reached a point where I had painted such a vivid picture, and this is how I shifted into accepting the risk. I had painted such a vivid picture of what my life could be of the kind of model I wanted to set, 
for my kids and how I wanted to live. That picture was so crystal clear and so powerful that the perceived risk became borderline negligible. Now, let's be clear. I had my share of anxiety attacks. First, especially when I calculated when I would get my last corporate check. I thought, oh gosh, the money fire hose is being turned off. What happens then? So it's not like this was a walk through the park. I had some rough days. But in retrospect, what kept me driving through, what allowed me to tolerate that risk was the vision for the kind of life I wanted to live. Um, so those, those two mindsets uh, around, around risk uh, and the other topic that I surfaced there, those were big things for me to overcome. So is it is it an all or nothing jump here mm -hmm. or can people sort of phase into this shift? Yeah. Um, how, how do you help people work through that? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I'm the son of a truck driver and a cleaning lady, blue collar family, middle class. Uh, I, I don't have a trust fund. Right. So I needed a really smooth transitional plan. I did not just turn in my resignation and cross my fingers. Now, if I had had a big safety net, maybe I could have done that. But the fact of the matter is I didn't. Um, so I started a side hustle, which, you know, the term side hustle is bandied about so much. Side hustle is just a tool. It can be used lots of different ways. Some people drive Uber to make a few extra bucks. In my case, what a side hustle is, is a proof of concept. And it's what I teach my clients. Let's figure out what your purpose is, who you'd like to serve and how you'd like to serve them. Let's see if you can make dollar one. Because I knew if I could land my first client, I had something. So I decided what I wanted to, to give to the world and I started marketing it. And lo and behold, somebody bought a service from me. And that was really eye-opening. And so I set targets. I said, okay, great. I've got customer one. How many customers do I need to see to prove this out, to show that I can make a living doing this, that I can take care of my family. I'm the only breadwinner in my house. Got kids, got a mortgage, got car payments, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't take a dip in lifestyle. So I had to build that business to a point where I could safely exit. So I set a target for how much monthly revenue I wanted to see, and I set a target for my safety net. Then I told myself, once I hit those targets, I'm allowed to quit. And I actually ended up hitting those targets about six weeks early. It was last time last year, as a matter of fact, right around the holidays, I pulled my wife aside and I said, I got a surprise. Mm. And she said, what's that? And I said, I think I can quit my job after New Year's. And I had planned to quit maybe in February. And she's like, you've hit your numbers? And I said, yeah. She's like, all right, go. But it doesn't even have to be an exit, right? It could be a permanent side hustle. It could be mm -hmm. something you do in retirement. Right. What, what I care about is that work takes a role in your life so that you can live the life you want the way you want it. That's all I really care about. We get 80 some years around this rock and, and we should be full of joy and bliss and excitement and happiness and amazing experiences. So these are just tools, right? These are just tools to build a life. And I'm open to using any tool, any way you can, so that on your gravestone, you can say, this person died a really happy man or woman. That's what it's all about. Yeah, great, great. So how do you help people work through, you know, the concept of failure? And then, you know, if something yeah. doesn't work, you, you fix it, and then you, you keep moving forward, you know, what I mean, like, like, because yeah. sometimes people have a real issue with 
not wanting to try something because they're afraid of failure, you know, and they see it as a, a, a catastrophe, you know, and whereas, yeah. you know, I'm trying to help people through the understanding that, you know, failure isn't the opposite of success. It's part of success, right? So yeah. how do you help people to work through that, um, again, mindset issue of, of overcoming yeah. the fail, the fear of failure? Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics, and you'll hear it bandied about on LinkedIn. Um, so in order to prepare to serve my clients most highly, I obviously have done a lot of research. I've done a lot. It's a it's a passion of mine. Uh, the Stoics, uh, the Buddhists, really understanding over the history of human beings, who has the answers for how to live? What are the best ways to process circumstances to deal with things outside of our control because entrepreneurship you've got to deal with a lot of things that are outside your control and so i've studied and studied and studied and if you reach out to my clients today and ask 20 of them what was the biggest thing that changed for them and that was the art of detachment and embracing the process and the effort and the journey and letting the outcomes take care of themselves and build in a resilience that you are on an infinite journey, that you are not trying to get A to B. In fact, when you do this thing right, it's A to any letter of the alphabet, any number in the world, it can be all kinds of different amazing outcomes, but you will bump your nose. In fact, if you're not failing, if you're not discovering ways that don't work, you are not going to succeed. There is one coin and there's failure on one side and success on the other, and they should both be welcomed. Hmm. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a backup plan, that you shouldn't have contingency plans, and that you don't need to be resilient. You absolutely do. In fact, my sales tanked over the summer. Think about it. I quit my job in February and I had down June and July months. That was not easy for me, but I had to have the resilience. I had to try new things and I actually redesigned a program entirely and started selling a slightly different product and sales rebounded. If I had given up, I'd be back in corporate and that would be a sad thing. So failures baked in, embrace it, celebrate it, celebrate your failures. But sometimes it's not the fear of failure that people struggle with. Sometimes it might be the fear of success. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So how do you sort of help people through? And, and actually, how do you help to help them to understand what fears they have? Because they could look the same, right? Yeah. Fear of failure and fear, fear of success could look exactly the same, but, it's, but they're not. No. How do you, no. De how do you define the two? Yeah, that's a, that, there's actually multiple questions layered in there. I'm going to try and uh, look, take this from a couple of different perspectives. It, success is funny. That's why the word self-sabotage is out there. Because in order for us to enjoy and maintain success, we actually have to become a different person. And people don't like change. And we wonder why people who win the lottery end up broke right? People who have great things happen. They slide back into their old comfortable patterns. They had this blessing, but they couldn't hold that blessing. Well, it's because they were the same person. They, in, in the instance of the lottery ticket story, uh, the money ran away from them just the way it does in their life before the lottery win. Mm -hmm. 
They didn't learn how to be someone who money can exist with. And so you have to learn to be someone for whom success can be enjoyed. And so that really means for my clients, stretching them out and painting a really, really vivid picture of how you're going to spend your time, how you're going to be a service, what you want your life to look like. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I reached out, I had a, a different coach of mine. She's amazing too. Her name's Lydia Vidlumson. Um, and I reached out to her one day and I said, I've got too much time. She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, I've designed my work week so I don't have to work as much and I have taken fewer clients. So I have less work to do between sessions. I said, I don't know what to do with my free time yet. Think about that. Hmm. I had designed to create free time and I didn't have a hobby or an activity or a thing to do to fill that time. Oh, wow. If I hadn't engaged my coach and had her push me and say, quick, we need to leverage that time and put something there. What would have happened is my old patterns would have risen up and I would have gotten busy. I would have taken on more clients. I would have given myself stuff to do. Essentially, I would have fallen back to recreating the corporate version of me, which was busy, 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 stress, 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 worry, worry, worry. I had shed that hmm. and created time and created that success. And I didn't know what to do with it. Hmm. And she said, this is a pivotal moment because you will fall back if you don't become the person who has more free time, become the person for whom money flows much easier than it has in the rest of my life. It's There's a whole shift in how you think, how you feel, how you act, you become a higher version of yourself. That's how you adapt to success. Hmm. Most people don't teach you that. I'm glad I learned. Yeah, very, it's interesting. It's it's a totally different perspective, right? Yep. So in, in order to uh, leave uh, that C-suite job, yeah, you had to shed your image of who you were. Right. Like, and, and I I think this is probably pretty common, right? Like I'm, I'm a corporate executive. I'm, you know, uh, this is who I am. Right. And so if I leave that job, who am I going to be? Yeah. Right. It's sort of, you, you have to, you know, you have to release the mind, the mindset, you have to release that personal image, how you stamp, you know, your, that description of yourself yeah. internally, right? You've got to sort of erase that, right? Yeah. There's, um, there's an amazing book. I just grabbed it so I can get it right. It's called the five levels of attachment. Uh, it's by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And I read a lot of books, but I only selectively recommend them to people. So let's say I've read 50 books this year, whatever. There might be two or three that I actually tell people you need to read this. And this is one of them. And I know I've struck a nerve when I hear back from multiple clients who say, oh my gosh, this book is written about me. And and that book by Ruiz Jr. is one of those. And he talks in there specifically about the attachment to our identity being based on things like work, or you've seen this as well being based on things like college affiliation or team affiliation. 
And he points out that, you know, as sim not similar to the Stoics or the Buddhists, his is Toltec wisdom, which I believe is based out of uh, the Mexico area, that being attached to defining your identity through outside means is just the path to ongoing misery. It's a bucket with a hole in it. Um, if your job is defining you and your role and who you are uh, at your job is defining you, or if your sports team is defining you, you're a diehard fan. And when the, when the team loses, you feel like you lose, which is mm. crazy, right? Yeah, right. If you get fired. Think about it. If your team loses, you feel like you lost. That would be, I think the, the fifth level of attachment. I forget how he identifies it, but if you lose your job, a part of you feels like it died. Mm. Mm. And I would just challenge that. Is that the way you want to go through life? I'm not saying you can't have a corporate job. I'm saying your corporate job should not be part of your identity. And obviously I, I had, I had to learn this the hard way. I think that's the cool thing about coaching is you take someone like me, who's learned some of this through coaches, but some of this through mistakes and research. And then I get to teach it to people and say, listen, you're going to have to come up with a new version of you. Well, how, how do I do that? What's my new identity? And what's cool is we strip away the old identity and we start to rebuild their new identity based on their purpose and what they want to be with other humans in their lives. And a lot of my clients, you'll hear again and again and again, what they want from their life is they want no degrees of separation between them and the people they help. And that's the identity that they want to have. I just want to help people. I don't want to be in a corner, you know, programming a, a feature in an application that one person is going to use. Like, I don't, it has to be more immediate. I want that purpose to be right in my face. And once that's your identity, once your purpose is to serve, that identity stays with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, helping people is is pretty much a very broad uh spectrum to to work through right and there's many ways to uh to make a mark in society for sure and uh, to have influence and impact so keith um uh what would be sort of the final thing you want to convey here uh as we close the interview what What's the, what's the one thing you want people to, to go away with today? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I would say go forward and question your assumptions. Question the things you think are a given, that you think you know, that you think are intractable. Once I started, it's almost like the movie, The Matrix, right? Once you start asking questions and asking if that is true, is it always true? Is it sometimes true? Does it apply to everyone? And once you decide to just, just question things, doors started opening for me, questioning the assumption of what entrepreneurship was, questioning the assumption of how many houses I could own how many cars I could own, what kind of car I could own. All of the assumptions that have been given to me by my family, by the world, by society, by religion, those were all optional. It turned out I could build an approach to life that was uniquely my own. And so as I questioned those assumptions and then I began to paint a picture for what my life was like, it became very straightforward to take the steps to design a life the way I wanted to live it. 
And I think that's, that's what I want to leave people with is you can lead a life by design. It's not always easy. It's not always a straight path. It's nonlinear and it's an organic exploration, at least in my experience. But by questioning the things you assume and starting to bring people around you who might be able to advise you on those assumptions, you can have an amazing life. I'm 10 years in recovery. I was a slave to alcohol and drugs. 10 years ago, I left the hospital and I started my life over. If I can do this, I'm telling you, anyone can do it. I just needed help. And that's what I would tell people in the audience. If you want this kind of life, find someone who inspires you and ask for their help. Great advice, Keith. Really appreciate your time today. And and folks, reach out to Keith Allen Jones on on LinkedIn. So, Keith, is that is that the best way for people to get a hold of you uh, through LinkedIn, or what, what's your preferred way? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I have completely enjoyed an alternative way to building my business. I didn't do all the stuff everyone says to do first. No logo, no website, no newsletter, none of that. I just started serving people. So I don't have a website yet. Um, I'm a year into business. Isn't that cool? So right now, LinkedIn is the best way to reach me. I will have a website here in the next couple of weeks, but uh, it's not up yet. So find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there all day. Great. And it's proof that you can break the mold and still be successful. Right. Yeah. It, you're proving that you don't have to do a lot of the typical things that most people say you have to do to still make money and live off of you know your business. Well, great. Really appreciated. Uh, gr- great time today, Keith. Thanks for being with us today. Real pleasure. Well, friends, that about wraps it up for this episode. Please click on the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss any of these episodes. And feel free to send in a question or a comment about the podcast as well, because I really want to deliver the best content I can for you and answer any of your questions. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes as well. You'll see there's a free ebook of the month club that you can join. And uh, it's just a free ebook that I offer right to your inbox every month automatically that it's on a very relevant topic for the startup process. Now, if you like this podcast and you want to start your own, there's also a link in the show notes on how you can get a free download. Uh, Another ebook I have on how you can start your own podcast. But as always, I like to end by saying stay encouraged, follow your dream and don't give up.